Hello, and welcome to another new episode of Somewhat Damaged. I'm your host, Greg Alpern, and with me as always, John B. This week, we welcome the team, Jason Tebow, host Punch Drunk Sports with Sam Tripoli and Ari Shafir. We're going to get a little bit crazy, so sit back, relax, and enjoy it. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up, dude? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Of course. Oh, it's going. Beautiful day on the East Coast. Another storm coming through. It feels like it should be Tampa, Florida. You guys just getting bombed out there? Ugh, it's, it's crazy out here. I mean, I shut down for two days at the club because I had like everything like above 75th was flooding. So I had, I had like four inches of water downstairs. And now I'm bracing myself to see if we can even, I mean, thankfully we don't have anything going on right now, but... Yeah, well, it's coming. It's supposed to come. We're supposed to get like five inches of rain tonight with this remnants of that storm that blew through New Orleans. I remember one year in L.A., we got in 365 days, one and a half inches of rain. <laughs> and you guys are about to get five in about 12 hours. It's it's crazy. You know what's crazy? I, I My friends all used to, or haven't joked about it in a year and a half because I really haven't been to L.A., but I used to come to L.A. like once a month. And every time for like a year and a half before the whole shutdown happened. Every time I was in LA, something happened, right? So either it rained two days or I was there during the heat, like the really big fire, like a year and a half ago. Oh yeah. Ago. I, I was, I had friends meeting me for drinks um, at Hyperion public in studio mm. city and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got stuck on the 101 because a plane. Do you remember when the plane landed on landed the in the freeway? Yeah, yeah. landed really on the freeway. My, my friends were coming to meet me, and they got stuck on the highway for three hours. That was that was. I do remember that. That was a crazy one. And luckily, no one got hurt. It yeah, it's I mean, I was like insane so like whenever there was something they'd be like like there's a little earthquake or something i'd get like a text are you in town <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i was gonna say no offense but stay the fuck out of la john <laughs> greg, it was a greg or john greg. it was greg yeah uh, greg, greg, greg. john's allowed to come as much as he'd like because yeah the town is yours <laughs> so how's it going how you keeping busy i mean just trying to man i've been in chicago for the last year right outside chicago about an hour outside chicago for 14 months now. Oh, really? So you're, you bet you went to Chicago and all this shit went down. Yeah, I'm from out here. Right. And my mom was moving into a new house. So I came out here in the summer to help her move into a new house and just couldn't get back on a plane. Yeah, I still have a, uh, my return flight is still open. <laughs> That's funny. Do you, so are you in Indiana? Yep. I'm right, right outside South Bend, Indiana, right where Notre Dame is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, it's like right, you know, an hour outside Chicago. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Exactly, yeah. Are you a Notre Dame fan? I mean, I know you went hate to Ball State. Hate them. Hate them. <laughs> hate them. I hate Notre Dame fans. I hate Notre Dame people. You know, they're, they're, uh, you know, you meet so many Notre Dame fans. Like, oh, are you from, you know, South Bend? You're from Indiana? No, no, no. Just like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> and going to Ball State, it's like being a stepchild of, you know, like, Bezos' retarded brother, or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, shout out to a, shout out to Dan O'Cardo, who's from Jersey, but is a huge Notre Dame fan who runs They're that. All room. over the place. <laughs> really, They're I all over the place. You know, it's funny because, like you, I can't stand Notre Dame. I've got no real reason to feel that way, except it's like. You know, when I grew up through, you know, good good times of Notre Dame football and basketball, and you just couldn't get away from it. And I'm like, I, I can't stand Notre Dame fans. And when they were super good is when I was – I grew up in Michigan City, which is right on the lake. It's about 30 minutes from Chicago. It's just a little bit north, literally right on the lake. So it's halfway between Chicago and, and South Bend. And that's when, like in the late 80s, early 90s, that's when Notre Dame was, they had Jerome Bettis, they had yep. the Rocket, they, sure. they were super good. And you could not, that's all you heard about. Yeah. It's all, and my problem with Notre Dame is my same problem with, and I see you with that Yankees hat, is my same problem with Red Sox fans, my same problem with Patriot fans, <laughs> is I always equate it to like Dave Matthews band. Like, if you just listen to Dave Matthews music, you go, yeah, it's a pretty good band. My problem isn't Dave Matthews. My problem is his fan base. <laughs> his fans are fucking assholes. And the same thing, I don't have really a problem with, you know, the Gronk or the Patriots or, you know, even like 
the Red Sox, whatever, their fans are fucking cunts. Dude, so they make me not like them. So let me tell you something. Like we're probably best friends. So I went to college in Boston. Lived with my apartment, looked at Fenway Park for four years. I heard every single Red Sox home game, right? I stepped, how did you not, how did you not vicariously like them? Because, because you grew because up a Yankees fan? I grew up Northern New Jersey, diehard Yankees, Giants, Knicks fan, right? Like that's, there's no chance I could possibly be a Red Sox fan. Patriots never really bothered me until, because they were so bad, like nobody was Patriots fans. Like it never hang on, hang on one second. You're making me feel, you're giving me like. And not to mention PT, that stadium. PTSD oh, with that look at on. that. Jesus PTSD. Christ. What is that? Look at you just repping all this oh, that's swag. Bad. That's what that hat is. Oh, oh get the fuck out of here. You got that World Series hat. I mean, and Theo Epstein, obviously, <laughs> you know, he, he was responsible for the fucking Red Sox. Yeah. I know. God bless him. You know, and brought a couple Red brilliant. Sox over. Yeah, totally. So I, I have no problem with the Patriots until they got good. And and then the Boston fandom comes out. And it's like, that's the only thing that exists. And it drove me out of my mind crazy. The only Boston team I could stomach, and it's because I was in college through the last few years of Larry Bird. And my roommate was a psycho, psycho Celtics fan. And he made me watch the Celtics game every night when they were on. So I just became a Larry Bird fan. So by default, yeah. I like the Celtics, but by no means, like, are they, you know, I'm still. But don't you guys agree, though, that it's not just the team? It's the fucking people because oh, Philly yes, fans absolutely. are the same way. Like Dave Matthews fans are fucking like these guys have mommy and daddy's credit cards that are buying yeah. uh, buying weed. You got people from Boston. I mean, not the most culturally diverse area at all. And then Notre Dame fans are fucking drunk Irish mix. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this and I, I'll say this and you guys can tweet it and anybody can say I said it. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Dave Matthews fans, Patriot and Red Sox fans, and Notre Dame fans are the people that date rape. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who's been to a Dave Matthews band show at so Fenway. Am I. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I. I actually walked out of a Dave Matthews concert at Giant Stadium like ages and ages ago. Like I... It wasn't my thing, and I I went with a friend. I was given free tickets, so we went. And then at the same time, this band, the Low Fidelity All Stars, which was kind of like a you know techno ish kind of band, was playing in New York City. So we're like, we had tickets to that too, and we're like, let's get the hell out of here. So we we left Dave Matthews like half an hour in and drove back into the city to go see Low Fidelity All Stars. All right, listen, I got I got I got to defend my Dave a little bit here, boys. I'm just saying. Dave is one of those things that it 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 brings a nostalgia, I guess, in me when I hear certain songs. Like, you know, sure, like, me too. Yeah, if it's not the best music in the world, it is a good jam. Yeah, sesh. yeah, it's you know a what party. I mean? It's a party band. Fantastic jam band. They're uh, unbelievable live. It's, yeah. If I could see them live and I can hand pick the audience, <laughs> I probably the time of my life. Probably be ten life. people. Ten people at that show. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about Jimmy Buffett, actually. I know. wish I had 10 people that I liked. <laughs> you could take Jimmy Buffett's crowd and throw him at a Dave Matthews fan concert. <laughs> it's perfect. I would throw a bag, a pillowcase of meth and just see what happens. <laughs> I don't think Dave Matthews... Okay, so meth go for these days, by the way. 60, 70 bucks? Yeah, about that. Yeah, just about that. <laughs> Not that I know. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much did you talk about like Notre Dame on your on your um, on your podcast, the sports podcast? Well, I mean, not a super lot, but a decent amount. A yeah, decent amount. And had the other guy um, feel? They kind of feel the same way. I mean, Ari's uh, Ari Shafir is you know basically an East Coast. I mean, he's in New York now, but he's from Baltimore, right? And Tripoli's from upstate New York, even though he by way of Vegas. I mean, he grew up in upstate New York and then moved to Vegas and was there for eight years and then moved to LA. So those guys are like, you know, Knicks fans and, you know, all that kind of shit. So yeah, they kind of share that sort of hate. Our number one hatred is the Lakers. 
and the Lakers are the same thing. They're just richer, richer right. fans. You know, <laughs> the worst thing about a Laker fan is the once again, it's the same problem, and it's my number one problem with Eric Oligny. Hey, Oligny, I got a bone to pick with you, fuckhead. <laughs> Oligny's uh, for crazy reasons. I grew up uh, Atlanta Falcons fan. Still, am a diehard Falcons fan to this day, only because when I was eight. Uh, my uncle brought me a Falcons hat and a Falcons jersey. And I, and and then in collecting football cards was a big thing back then. And all my friends would fight over Bears and Colts cards and they would just give me the Falcon cards. They didn't even want them. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, I so I kind of like, and back then now there was no ESPN. I mean, you would find out, oh, this guy's left-handed. And you went to, yeah. you know, you would, you would get all your info from those guys and kind of develop little crushes on players based on whatever the fuck it said on the back of the card. So making uh, Oligny and I natural enemies, he was a Buccaneers fan. Still is right. from Tampa. Sure. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the fucking Super Bowl. And I send Oligny a text. This is during a fucking pandemic. Right after the Super Bowl. Hey, buddy. Congratulations. You know, congrats on the Super Bowl. I'm glad you got to win one. I'm glad you got to be a part of it. I'm happy for you. This drunk prick texts me back. How many Super Bowls have you won? Wow. <laughs> and I texted him back. I fucking knew you were that guy. I always <laughs> knew you were that guy. <laughs> Never again am I congratulating him on anything. Never again. That, 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 the, uh, the Falcons playoff game where they wound up in the Super Bowl, where yeah. Jamal Anderson like jumped into the end zone, that was one of the yep. greatest football games. That game was I cool. mean, that was against Randy Moss. They were almost undefeated. They had Randall Cunningham, a quarterback, and their kicker missed a 35-yard chip shot yep. to send it to overtime, and I left the room. I was having a party at the time, and I left the room, and I go, I don't even want to watch this. I don't even want to watch this go in. He was like 38 for 38 on the year. Yeah. And that was his first fucking miss. And then the Falcons marched down the field and Morton Anderson hit like a 48 yarder to fucking go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I literally cried. I cried. And that's one of many sporting events I've cried at. <laughs> what other sporting events have you cried? Uh, this is interesting. Most, mostly it involved gambling. Um, <laughs> I cried when we lost the Super Bowl to the uh, said Patriots. Yeah. And so I was, again, another party for that Super Bowl. And everybody there Patriot. at halftime, everybody there at halftime was congratulating me. Yeah. And I go, don't, you, this, if there's ever a fucking team that will blow it, don't jinx anything. Don't anybody say shit about congrats. And sure as fuck, man, sure as fuck. Can we, can uh, I absolutely we, cried when the Cubs won the World Series. Sure. Who was who one of the that? happiest, happiest. Now, I was in L.A., and I had to, this is a true story, and I had to lie. That game was in Cleveland. Game seven was in Cleveland. I, was, I had some gigs in Chicago that weekend, so I flew into Chicago. Now, when you book your flight and you book a gig, you guys know, you guys know how it is. I didn't know two months in advance they were even going to be in this sure. fucking World Series. I figured they'd get bounced or whatever. And now it's game seven, and my flight lands top of the first. And I jump on a train and I meet my buddy and his wife on the north side of Chicago at some bar where they were at. When I say it was packed, I mean, you, I don't even have to say it. You guys know how it, that would sure. go. I'm watching in a fucking sardine can of a bar with my suitcase in between my legs the whole time. That game. Now, that game goes extra innings, game seven. There's a rain delay in extra innings. And then they win the World Series at about 12.45 in the morning. That's right. It was late. It was super late. <clears throat> Place is going nuts. I, I, me and my buddy are both crying. We're hugging each other. That, that kind of laughing crying where you can't stop <laughs> laughing. You're, every emotion's pouring out of me. I did everything but come. <laughs> and now there's, I swear on my life, there's three and a half million people on the street partying. You couldn't drive a car anywhere. And it was just everyone's walking around drinking in the street. Cops didn't care. There was no crime. And my buddy's wife wanted to go dancing <laughs> and went into one of the bars. I'm going to go fucking dancing for a little while. And he's arguing with her like, who the fuck wants to go fucking dancing <laughs> right after the fucking. And I go, Johnny, Johnny, let her go dancing. 
because I'm about to fuck it. And I had to take like top 10 pisses I ever had to take in my life. But I couldn't just <laughs> pee on the street because there's people everywhere. Right. And all the bars were empty. I cannot stress that enough. Every bar was wide open. You, no one cared to be in the bars unless right. you wanted to go into a. I go, let her fucking let's pop into this bar right here. It's nobody in there. You go to the bar, order us a couple shots or something. I'll run in and piss. She can dance for like a song by herself. Then it will fucking hit back out on the street, party it up. He goes, all right. He goes to the bar. She's twirling around, dancing by herself. There's all these disco lights on her. The only person on on my life. Basically, yeah. (laughs) I go in and I'm like kind of like taking my pants off because I'm like, I'm not going to make it. You know what I mean? Like a toddler. I'm like trying to get my fucking pants off. (laughs) I kick the men's room door open with my foot. And right when I do, there's a guy standing like right by the urinal and there's another guy sucking that guy's dick. Oh, and they're the only two people in the whole bar, let alone in the men's room. But I had to piss so bad, I just looked at him. I go like this. <laughs> I go, gentlemen, gentlemen. And I walk right by him and I'm pissing. And now all three of us are making the same noises. We're going, oh, God, yes. <laughs> Oh, this is the best day of my life. I didn't think I was going to make it. Oh, look at Lord Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> then I go back to my, I walk by my two new friends. I go to my buddy Johnny at the bar to do a fucking shot, a boilermaker shot. We got a beer. And I go, hey, man, just so you know, I think we're in a gay bar. <laughs> and, and he goes, what makes you say that? And I go, trust me. <laughs> we are either in a gay bar. Or the craziest bet is getting paid off in the. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, that that's a perfect segue to to what I think is the most undervalued undervalued clip on the entire internet, which is which is your guys paying off of the bet where I. I'm forgetting his name, how to wipe his face. Josh Martin, Josh Martin, a door, door guy at the comics. Or now he's not a door guy anymore, he's a comic, but he was a door guy back then. Yes. Do you know what that came from? Yeah, let's, 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 let's clarify everything. Um, so what, what, what did this, yeah. So, so, so Greg, walk me through this a little bit. No, no, I, I know. Let, let Jason tell you. On my podcast, Punch of Sports, we have terrible, it's a thing called the bag of bats. And anytime anybody can argue, and fans tweet us things to put in there, and they're all horrible. They're all terrible. I had to wear a shock collar where Tripoli got to juice me anytime he wanted. It was like being electrocuted for two fucking hours. We didn't talk for a month after that. I was so pissed at him. <laughs> Ari had to get his nipple pierced. Ari had to wear a diaper for 24 hours and could only change it once and could not use a toilet. Oh my God. Um, I mean, it's all terrible shit. But the worst one was... Um, what was in the bag was loser, winner gets to jerk off on a rag. 24 hours later, the the loser has to dunk it in hot water to reactivate the cum. It literally said that. <laughs> and swab his face once with it. <laughs> That's what the bet was. Now, at the comedy store, there's a fantasy football league that all of us have been in for probably 15 years. Not bragging, won it three times in a row. But, um, and the trophy's like right behind the bar with everybody's name on it. And Josh Martin was a new door guy at the time and a little shit talker. And he wanted to be in that league. Now we go, okay, you're next. If anybody drops out or doesn't show up for the draft, you're in. Everybody showed up and he just sat there heckling Tripoli the whole time. All, and you're an idiot, Stan. You're a fucking idiot. You're the dumbest draft person I've ever seen. He's not stop. And he says the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say. He says to Sam, if you don't finish in last place, so 11 to 1, <laughs> if you don't finish 12th, I'll do the worst thing that's in the bag of bets. So, oh, no, he goes, I'll, do, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys draw out of the bag of bets. What's the worst thing that's in there? And we told him the come one. And he goes, Okay, so we go to the show. We pull everything out of the fucking bag, but wipe your face with cum. <laughs> and then, and then we hit record. Then we hit record, and then we just pull that out. And oh, we act all surprised that that was it. But it was rigged from the start. 
Sam wins the fucking league. He doesn't finish in last. He finishes in first. <laughs> and now all three of us. Now, I already kind of didn't want to be a part of it. Now, at that point in time, I was in Chicago. Art was in New York. Sam was in L.A. And so I go, dude, I'll, I'll go first, and then I'll fucking shoot it over to – because I didn't, I didn't want to get anybody else's cum rag. Like I, so I just beat up like normal. I beat up like normal, and – FedEx it to FedEx come. I fed FedEx come. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. I FedEx come to Ari, who then beat offs on it, and FedExes it to the comedy store. Attention, Sam Trip. We do not eat. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So then, so then. Sam, being the animal that he is, jerks off on it at the fucking comedy store. <laughs> <laughs> Mitzi is fucking two doors back on this. He's just slamming it. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. And then, to his credit, God bless Josh Martin for this, uh, they made him do it. And it's on YouTube. Anybody that's on YouTube, um, they made him do it live in the belly room right before the roast battle. Oh my God. So a sold out comedy store gets to watch this numb nuts wipe his face and fucking come. Oh God. Oh my God. That, that's why I'm saying that the video in my, you know, humble opinion should be viewed way, way, way more than it has been viewed on YouTube. Uh, how, do you well, know how many views it got? I have no idea how many yeah, it's, views it well, got. We're going to put it on our link tree because we oh, want everybody to see this. Yeah, 100% going to do that. It, it's Believe it or not, it's only around 2,500 views. Stop. Which, Whoa. Yeah. I would have guessed, guessed 10,000. I would have guessed 10,000. We have other ones that are way more than that. We did a, 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 a podcast festival, All Things Comedy Podcast Festival in Phoenix. Yep. And on uh, they on our both times we did it, they made us go last and they had to black out all the windows so people on the street couldn't watch what the hell was going on. And Steve Renazizi had to pay off his bet at this podcast festival. His bet was he had to, with two gay guys that were just randomly said, I'll be there, I'll do it, had to act out a five page gay porno written by Ari. No, it's <laughs> Now, it was like, the only rules were like no penetration. There can be groping and kissing. <laughs> <laughs> At the same one, Ari and Sam. Now, we both had like Falcons, Giants, Raiders. Those are our three favorite teams. Our, 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 our Cowboys, Raider. Ari, for some reason, as a Cowboys fan, being from New York, makes no sense. But um, Cowboys fans are up there with Dave Matthews also. Um, but, but best record out of the three of us. And I think all three didn't make the playoffs, but the Falcons had the best record. Both of those two at that same festival had to put a hot dog in their ass. Not sideways. <laughs> not like they had to get it in there and it had to like wiggle and not fall. Oh my God. <laughs> Are either of those things on YouTube? I can't. What is the one that, and so we had our panel of guests that that festival on our show was Danish and O'Neill, Burt Kreischer, and Doug Stanhope. (sighs) And Stanhope was on a one to 10 drunk about an eight or nine. And that's big for him. He's, oh, he wakes up at a five. (laughs) So he was real smashed and in the middle right at the very end of the podcast you can see him leak right around Ari to behind him on the chair pulls his dick out and starts pissing all over Ari (laughs) and Ari does this he's like what the fuck is that looks and he goes oh fuck and bro pisses all over Ari I know that one's got a lot of hits that one's on there I know that one Uh, Phoenix I know that one's got a lot of hits, but I am I am surprised that the um, 
You know what the man, the worst one was well, the shot. What collar. was the worst that you had to do? Yeah, I want to know what. Yeah, shot collar. Shot collar was, was shot collar hands down. But the hardest one I had to pay off was I can't remember what bet I lost, but I had to watch every episode of the sitcom Whitney <laughs> in twenty in twenty four hours. No booze, no booze, no pot, no drugs. And I had to live stream me watching it the whole time. It took me 18 hours. I think there were 39 episodes that I had to watch nonstop and I couldn't stop watching it till it was done. (laughs) And I could only smoke, I think I could smoke a cigarette every four episodes or some rule they worked in for me. Um, But that one was extremely hard to pay off. Now, I, Ario's won, uh, Io won, and I don't know, I don't think Sam, Ari has to beg like a homeless person, he has to dress homeless, go to a subway in New York and beg for money until he gets $20 and then he has to give it to a homeless person. And you can't no ringers. You can't. Yeah. You can't tweet that. Hey, I'm gonna be there. You have to really like look like shit, which isn't hard for him, and and just beg for money and beg for money. He's got to do that. Not in New York. He's got to do that. Like maybe in like Houston for like Skankfest or something like that. He tried it in L.A. and never got. He said he literally didn't get one single dollar. He said he did it for like three hours. Didn't get one dollar. I go. You got to do it in. So he thinks he has to do it. But and the one that I owe for obvious reasons I can't pay it off right now is this is a fucking terrible one. Um, I have to go to a sporting event. Now, you know, in sporting events where you can't bring in like a bag or whatever, uh, but you sure. can bring those clear bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know where this is going. I got to go to a sporting event, a professional sporting event with one of those clear bags and Ari gets to pick the five items. Oh my God. <laughs> and it can't be like a gun or anything. I can go to jail. Right. It can't be like a dildo, duct tape, <laughs> lube, and Boys Life magazine. <laughs> Just a noose. <laughs> a noose, yeah. Uh. Fucking... Just like something really like an Atlanta Falcons game with, you know, like a noose, <laughs> Confederate flag. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Don't give him any ideas. Oh, my God. That is hysterical. Holy shit. What did, you lose? Mean, what did you lose to have to pay that off? What was the bet? That one was, what was that one? I'm trying to remember what that one was. I don't remember. I don't, because that, that one was like, before the pandemic and then everything got shut down. And so it's just like on pause. Sure. It might've been like a college football championship or some something. Oh, I do know what it was. It was Clippers wouldn't get out of the first round of the playoffs and they didn't. Oh my God. I bet that the Clippers would get out of the first round of the playoffs. What? Three seasons ago or whatever it was. And then they, they were up three games to one and then they lost four to three. Right. They lost so, three in a row. So Jason, you're, you're out in, um, uh, in, in, in like outside the Chicago and in Indiana area. Are you, yeah. are you touring? Are you doing like, how, how, how are you working? I mean, like you just like hanging out with mom, helping her move in and shit like that. Yeah. How are you I keeping did, busy? Um, well, doing a lot of podcasts and, um, I put out a lot. I put out my a comedy album called Covidiot. Anybody go get my album Covidiot. It's on iTunes or anywhere you can get anything. And one shot only. I, and I hadn't done stand up in six months. Whoa. And I, I had, so I had half of like whatever I put into my act, it wasn't my whole act. And then I had half of all this new shit that I never even got to work out. And you guys know when you're doing a whole hour or a new hour, you fucking workshop it and you try every single where for four or five months before you record it. And it was a one-off. I couldn't rehearse it. I couldn't, you know, I mean, you guys run a comedy club. You get That's what that capacity. meant, It was right before, it was right before Christmas. Whoa. It was about, it was about a week before Christmas. And yeah, it was a one shot, one deal. There's no, I mean, there is some editing, but not like laugh tracks or anything sure. like that. I mean, I think it was, 68 minutes that I cut down to about right at an hour. So I only 
chunked out about seven or eight minutes of it. Was it like a hometown um, show? It was about uh, about an hour from where I grew up. It was in Valparaiso. Oh, okay. Wonderful comedy club called uh, Market Lounge Comedy Club uh, in Valpo. And now I'm working with those guys, and I'm going to start doing a once a monther because they have a like a main room. They have like a 400-seater. And I'm just going to do once a month. I'm going to do 30. I'm going to have some local kids kind of be able to wet their beak and kind of do like a bigger show. Uh, first one we have is Steve Renazizi, which is the 26th of September. Um, it's at the end of the month. Uh, so if anybody's in the area or anybody listening to this is in the greater Chicagoland area, come on by. Uh, Renazizi will be headlining. I'll be doing like 30. And then we'll have local people. And then uh, so I'm just doing one a month with that. Right. Uh, I got Marilyn Rice Cup coming. I got Jeff Richards coming. I have Sarah Tiana coming. Um, trying to get Theo Vaughn. I asked Ari, and uh, you know, um, that's too close to a lot of other clubs I work at. Um, too big for me. Um, too important. I don't know how you still have my number. I thought I blocked you. Okay, asshole. But Trip Tripoli's gonna do it. So you, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people that I'm gonna try to get your ideas. A lot of people that. Uh, you know, just to be able to work with my friends again until everything kind of gets back to normal. Um, and uh, and that way, it's like, I'm not like, oh, shit, I got to come up with a new hour every month. Uh, but, you know, a new 30 minutes every month isn't that unreasonable. Or a new 20, and I'll do sure. 10 jokes. I lo- David Tell had a joke. I just love, I love that tell. But he once, uh, I saw him tell some joke, and it murdered at the comedy store, whatever joke, midway through his set, murders. Gets an applause break. And then Attell goes, that joke is old enough to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, you know, you can, always, you can always do your you can, you can always do your old stuff. Sure. Right. And, and spit to a room that doesn't know it. But for me, you know, where you can't go up three, four times a week, you know, or in New York, how it is, you can go up three times a night in New York. Um, <clears throat> you know, to have a place where I can kind of work out and also like, Help the whole fucking comedy community create a vibe. Let some young. How kids... is the scene? Is the scene vibing right now over over there? I mean, obviously, I mean it's got you. It's, I mean, it's an hour up to Chicago. I mean, you got kids coming back. I think it. It's just like how it is in L.A. and New York. You know, it starts to get good again, and then the numbers spike, and then everybody's wearing masks again. Or you're, you know, you got a two hundred seater, and you can only have eighty people in it, and it's. So it's it ebbs and flows, but New York, I mean, Chicago is always a great comedy town. I mean, I think of like when I was an open micer, it was like me, Matt Bronger, Kyle Kinane. I mean, there were so many people there now, like great comics, myself excluded. But that I go, fuck, man, all of us were twenty doing open mics in Chicago, and now we're all in our forties. And you know, do you have any plans to go back to LA? I'm going back in October for. All Things Comedy is doing a um, comedian golf tournament that I really want to fucking uh, talk a lot of shit to all these guys. So all I've done in the pandemic, I was saying during the whole pandemic, all I did was take naps, golf, and bitch about the president. Uh, in one pandemic, I turned into everybody's grandfather. <laughs> 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 really, it's all I fucking did. But um, So I'm going back for that. And then uh, Jeff Scott, the wonderful Jeff Scott, the piano player from the comedy store for yeah. 25 years, passed away during the uh, pandemic. And they're having his service uh, Halloween night in the main room. And I'm going to be speaking and performing at that. So I'm going back in October for my first time. And it'll be, what, 16 months by then. But I'm not going back permanently. I'll be, uh, I'm going to go back there for a while. I'm going to go to Austin. Uh, I'm going to come out to you guys at some time in the, in the fall or early winter. Um, and I kind of just like, after spending a year kind of in jail almost, Right. Um, no offense to my cunt mother, but um, <laughs> I, w- I don't, what I don't want to do is just like go back to LA, get a fucking expensive apartment and find out that all my friends have moved and I don't really like it. I don't want to, I kind of want to bounce around for a year. I kind of want to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Seattle going to Austin, going to LA, going to come to New York. And right now that's all I really have planned. But I, I just, I don't want to commit. I don't want to, I don't want to just go back to how shit was. I want new experiences, you know, and new shit. You have that opportunity now. It's like, you can almost like, it's, it's like first day of freshman year again, you can kind of reinvent yourself and go to different. It feels like that. I think, I think that a lot of people, once everything kind of gets back, I think a lot of people are going to, 
in hindsight, realize how stagnant their lives were and how for, uh, autopilot. Everybody, I, I feel like I, I was really on autopilot and perhaps wasn't even as happy as I was seven years ago in LA or eight years, you know, it, nothing was new anymore. And I, I want that, like you said, it's that, that feeling you have in, at the end of August where you go, shit, man. And people in LA don't know this, but I know you guys will get it because you're East Coasters. Right before school would start, you would get a whole new wardrobe. Yeah. You would get new shoes. You would get a new haircut. And you're like, this year, I'm going to be a good guy. Yeah. This year, yeah. girls are going to like me. This year, I'm going to be a cool guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's kind of a little bit of that, I don't say hope, but a sense of newness, sense of reinvention. And I think from that, we're going to get a lot of great art. We're going to get a lot of good music. We're going to get a lot of good scripts. We're going to get a lot of wonderful comedy. Um, but you know, as my buddy Tate Fletcher always says, time takes time. And I love that saying. Sure. Is that time takes time. And I, and I think, you know, when you asked me this time last year, I was like, yeah, this shit's probably going to go on for like a couple more months. And then maybe by like March, April, springtime, everything's going to be back to normal. And here we are September 1st and it's fucking crazy. It's just as crazy as it was. It's wild. It's so weird. You know, it's funny too, because you look at, where we are now with you know, people being you know sick and stuff and it's equal to what it was during the worst part of this all. And you look at like, well, if what, what did we give all that time for if we're in the same place we were 15 months ago, you know, that was a big sacrifice on everybody, you know, the last, you know, to, to be, and now, you know, we look, we're, we're semi lucky that we're out here and it's been kind of not, Normal is not the right word, but not as not as bad as it's been in some other places like Southern California. Yeah. And right. you know, I, I live outside the city in Connecticut and, and we've kind of been sort of normal-esque since a couple months after. Like, yeah. And now it, it almost feels like nothing has happened. Not nothing has happened, but nothing has changed. And you still have all these people getting sick and infected and it seems to be going up every day. And so it's like, what the fuck did this whole last 16 months mean? No, Greg. And then school started. We are heroes. Yeah. We are heroes. We, we are heroes. You guys we are heroes. You guys are the real Americans. Thank you. I want to <laughs> thank you, everybody. Someone yeah. should play that Hulk Hogan song now. <laughs> right, yeah. Both you rip your shirts off. <laughs> Show that I've been eating nothing but steak for the last 15 months. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. Speaking of food, oh. I do so. Um, wait, wait, wait. We before we get to that, before okay. we get to that, go, I want to ask one thing, because we usually wrap this wrap it uh, with um, a, a little bit of on food. But before we go there, based on the two, you know, your two podcast or well, the two shows, the Naughty Show and then the um, the sports podcast, Punch Drunk, yeah. Punch Drunk. Oh, I'm losing my mind. You guys do some crazy shit, right? And then you even, I mean, I think we've established that. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then part of the shows have audience participation. So like, what's the craziest thing you guys have ever did with an like someone from the audience during one of the shows? And would that be more the naughty show? That's a goddamn good question. Well, the two guys making out with Ren is easy doing that gay porn. <laughs> Wait, to be clear. God bless those two complete strangers. God did, bless those two. Did Steve strangers. get the hot dog too, or is it just the two strangers? No, I think Steve had to rub. Uh, uh, if I'm correct, I think Steve had to rub uh, chicken parmesan all over his chest and his butt. These guys were rubbing chicken parm all over his fucking body. <laughs> that's that's just as good of a visual. Yeah, but and then those two dipshits had to shove a hot dog in there. The funniest shit was the negotiations over these dumb bets where they're like, can I freeze the hot dog so it's hard and it doesn't break <laughs> off of my eyes? <laughs> and then we go into the, but dude, if you stick a frozen hot dog in your ass, it could like, like how you like in a Christmas story where he licks the pole and it gets, yeah. it gets frozen to it. I go, you don't want to go to an emergency room with a frozen hot dog thawing in your asshole. <laughs> okay, okay, good point, good point. What if I take a frozen one and then put it inside of a looped condom? I go, I'll allow that. I'll allow that. <laughs> <laughs> to be the arbiters of these amendments on these vets. I know. It's the fucking it's so terrible. Oh god. <clears throat> but oh the naughty god. show. 
The Naughty Show was always crazy because Sam always had these uh, unbelievable, gigantically famous porn stars that would always, the, their willingness to do crazy things live on stage. Um, audience members let, they would come up and get put in dog collars and let these porn stars dominate them and whip them with stuff. And um, I mean, that, that was always, that one was always nuts. The naughty show I think was ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, that was, I mean, we haven't done an, that's probably that those probably started about 15 years ago. Maybe yeah. we were doing that shit. And now it would, it would, I mean, you see that shit all the time with yeah. all those, how crazy the roast battles get and, all those kind of kill Tony and all those crazy shows are, but we were doing that shit 10 years before. Right. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Like, but, but we really I mean, to were. your own credit though. I mean, like the guys in ONA and Stern were doing very similar things. So it's, it's nice that it, absolutely. it's nice absolutely. that it was, but after that whole terrestrial radio kind of drop off and being able to like, you know, nobody knew what to do with Sirius, Sirius XM, but like, Having those, you know, 15 years ago, that's still cutting edge shit. I mean, the stuff that you guys were doing, I mean, I bet you there's probably some, uh, like, there's a hidden ban on all these videos, by the way, that why they don't have so many hits right now. A lot of them. I can only imagine, but Jesus Christ, like, and and, and all for for the fans, ultimately. All for the fans. Yeah, if if anybody listening to this, anybody, if you go to the uh, Naughty Show has a YouTube page, that there's a ton of content on there of mm-hmm. sketches we did and, and pre-produced sketches and because we had you know at a screen and we would shoot a bunch of classic kind of commercial parodies or different sketches and so in between acts we, we had a giant screen and we would play all these kind of pre-produced sketches and stuff it was very incredibly elaborate you know it's so funny that you bring up terrestrial radio because i remember clearly when podcasting and all that really started and it was tailor-made for comedians. I mean, this, uh, I mean, this really allows me to make uh, substitute teacher money. I always say I make substitute teacher money talking about my cock, but <laughs> you know, it really did give a lot of comedians the financial freedom to not have to wait tables or to not have to have some sort of crazy day job and kind of focus on content. I think it made a lot of comedians better comics. And when it all first started, everyone's like, man, terrestrial radio is going to be dead from this. And how freeing is it to be able to say whatever you want, not have censorship, and there's no way this can blow up in your face until everybody that has tried to get real fucking regular jobs is all getting canceled from shit they said 15 years ago that they weren't even being serious about it. Yeah, absurd. Right, right. You know, you said women shouldn't vote. I go, do you? I was raised by lesbians. And I have a sister. Do you really think I honestly believe women shouldn't vote? Or maybe I was just saying that to get a reaction out of people or, have, or get a laugh. But yeah. people can cut these little clips and post it, and they only do it when you get something good going. Yeah. Sure. This totally. crap mentality. We talked about the last uh, the, the last episode about that crap mentality in um, in comedy. It's like when somebody's doing well, and maybe it's not the people that directly surround you, but it's maybe it's like, you know, these, these journalists that kind of try to come after you and, and bring you down like that. It's crazy. Do you see that a lot in the Chicago area? I mean, no, uh, no, no, I, I, I think, I think that is a Los Angeles thing primarily. And I think it's kind of a, you know, all those flyover States where people don't have access to, to, you know, you go to New York, I mean, a lot of people know this. I, people tell me this all the time about the comedy store. I'll meet people from around the world at the comedy store yeah. that be like, oh, I listen to your podcast. And I go, holy shit, that's insane that these people from around. And that guy was Irish, by the way. That <laughs> <laughs> was my New York accent. <laughs> it, was, it was closer to Jersey. It was closer to Jersey accent. It was closer to Jersey, right? But, you know, you meet all these people and they you get you can go everyone is so accessible if you go to the comedy store or you go to the improv or you go to you know the stand or you go to fucking you know new york comedy club or stand up new york or any of these things you go holy shit man not only did i see burt kreischer i fucking had two beers with him and talked to him and what you know in the middle though there are these you know I can pick a state. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to pick on a state, but they don't have access to that. They don't have yeah. access. So to them, Burt Kreischer may as well be fucking Spider-Man. 
you know, right. and he gets something going and they're like, I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to make all these clips. And all of a sudden they kind of get recognition, notoriety and associated with that comedy world by editing some sort of video and blasting it and making it look like, you know, Burt Kreischer is a fucking child molester or something crazy. You know what I mean? It's like you can't take one clip out of context, blast it to everybody. It catches fire like a snowball rolling down a hill. And nothing is rooted in truth. Yeah. It, the, the, I think the, I mean, that's obviously a huge problem, but it's also, I mean, a bigger problem when people can make a, you know, a claim, you know, that someone did something, you know, like whether it's a sexual claim or any, anything. And right. now on the person who they're saying that thing about has to now prove that it didn't happen or it isn't true. Right. Which right. is it, unless you're in a court of law or you have crazy attorney, like it, it's but that's so always been the thing, though. In our business, we don't have that HR department, you yeah. know. And I don't want to take light of anything, but like, you know, there are some. With some stuff, there is some. There's maybe there's some truth and basis, you know. I think all things should be, but I think it should be done by, you know, the right people that sure. are investigating it. 100%. It shouldn't be. I mean, there's a lot of these false assumptions that always happen all the time, which is the worst. And when you're accused of something, you know, and there's been a couple of people who have been able to stand up and kind of, you know, get through it. And uh, Joey Diaz being one of them. Joey yeah. Diaz being one of them. Sure. You so, know, I mean, he, I mean, if, it's tough, but, you know, obviously there's always that hope for a lot of people in our industry that they want the Tonight Show. They want that writing job on a... Uh, on a sitcom. Do you know what I mean? So, so financial security in, in an industry that you've dedicated half your life to is not a bad thing. Guys, hang on one second. I got to try to find my belt. I can't find my fucking belt. Can't find it. Can't find it. Can't find it. I was going to say. Check on your wrist. <laughs> is it on your, on your arm maybe? <laughs> You're skinny ass like that. How much heroin are you doing in the Midwest? <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> I, I, I'll just finish on, you know, I, I think Joey, it's a little different because he, you know, he's, he's older. He got started yeah. later. He's at a different place. So he didn't have, like, if he was 25 years old, I can imagine that situation, like, freaking you the fuck out. Like, how am I going to defend some nonsense, you know? And Absolutely. I think the way he handled it was like perfect. He's like, "Fuck you!" Like that's a bit. Oh my I god! You know, it's a bit. It's exactly. But you know, it's that that whole thing, like taking it to someone that's you know just starting to see some success in whatever it is—baseball, football, sports, comedy, anything. whatever. Like, oh, it's anything. I mean, I'm going to take into account uh, this guy, and I had to look, Google his name: Ansel L. L. Gort. He was like in Baby Driver and a bunch of these different movies. Friend of the uh, of, of of the club like lived next yeah. door, would come by with his girl. He had one story about him being mean to his girlfriend at one point and pretty much screenshots of, you know, like you're a fucking bitch and things of that nature. Completely like he had to disappear. Like he had to cancel his his Instagram. He wasn't, uh, you know, he was in a really big movie. He wasn't even advertised. Like it can literally happen to every, anyone, no matter where you are. And it doesn't only really happen to men too. It happens to women as well um, in, our, in, in our industry. And they just get dragged down and taken down. You know, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca, uh, you know, opened the creek down in Austin, Texas. And I love you know, her, by the way. I love Rebecca's her. a great person, but you know, like yeah. people were trying to take her down. People were celebrating the fact that 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 the, the creek closed in Long Island City during the during the pandemic. It's like it's sickening at this point. People love to build you up, but they also love to tear you down. We saw yeah. it with Tupac. We saw it with Jesus. We saw it with Michael Vick. <laughs> 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 but they also love a comeback story. We saw Mike Tyson. They did it in Mike Tyson too. They love to make somebody so great, and then they go, "This fucking asshole thinks he's so great," yeah. and then they take you down. And then everybody loves a comeback story. But it's like, be careful what you wish for, man. Well, like somebody once that, told me, you know, Jimmy Schubert. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We had to, yeah. Love. God, I fucking love Jimmy. He, I was interviewing him on a podcast many, many years ago. I've been friends with him for 20 plus years, but I was talking to him on a podcast and I, and I go, and it was right after he was on Last Comic Standing and that was well, 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 well late into his career. I mean, he was in his late 50s when he was on that. And I go, what is your secret in, for longevity, not only just in the entertainment industry, but in particular as a comedian? 
what is what what would if you could give anybody any advice and he said the best shit he goes treat everybody that's famous like they're not and treat everybody that isn't famous like they are mm-hmm. and fuck man you know and it, it, i always keep that you know i walk by dave Chappelle and there's a line or rogan and there's a line of people waiting to talk to him and i go hey what's up dave hey man what's up you know and he says hi and then somebody comes up to me and they're like, oh, I fucking, you know, they're from Jersey. And they're like, oh, I love all your podcasts. <laughs> you know, those Jersey people talk. Oh, God. Well, I just want to say I'm looking forward for the comeback story of Kevin Spacey. Uh, big fan of his. <laughs> looking forward for him to be coming around and getting his own cartoon on Adult Swim. Uh, sure. That should be excellent. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love, I'm a big fan. I'd love to see Chris D'Elia start a babysitting company. <laughs> 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 like the van, like the merry maid van that the topless van, the topless maids. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Like, um, van outside on on the. Uh, well, uh, let's end on something a little bit more uh, less dark. <laughs> How about we end on food? Um, okay. And I know Jason, you haven't been doing a lot of travel, but we always talk about food because obviously, as a touring comedian, you're always all over the country. But we want to ask, and it's something that's a little bit, you know, more poignant now because we're kind of stuck in one place um yeah what's the best thing that you had to eat this week this week oh uh italian beef italian sausage sandwich from portillo's i don't know if they have portillo's out there but it's, no. it started as like a just a one-off chicago restaurant known for their italian beast but it's about this fucking big awesome italian sausage covered in italian beef and peppers sweet and spicy peppers oh man you it know gave that's ridiculous heartburn but fuck man it was phenomenal greg we haven't talked about italian beef we always talk about the italian roast pork as yeah. the as, as the sandwich down in philly that nobody really has because you go up to cheesesteak everybody talks about you know like you know the dogs over in, in chicago but nobody talks about the italian roast beef out Chicago, like delicious. Oh man. Oh gosh. So what was the name of the place again? Portillo's. Portillo's. Now, now it's a chain. There's probably about me. I don't even know 15 or 20 of them. And they're known for their Italian beefs primarily, but Italian beefs, dogs. Would you consider it a French dip though? No, but they're in the, they're in the family, but I would sure. not consider it a French dip, but I, but they're in the family. Greg, have you had uh, an Italian roast beef? I don't. I mean, I, I don't know from from Chicago if I have or not. I mean, in, I've had roast beef from my Italian mother. I mean, I, I I brought in that Italian roast beef the other day. Yeah, those were good uh, sandwiches. I mean, this one fresh oh, mozzarella right, right. on top of it, which is very yeah. different from what they're doing in Chicago because that shit cooks. Like I've heard of places turning this stuff on at like five o'clock at night and leaving it till they come back at like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And all mm-hmm. that juice and drip, oh my God. Yeah, that's why I don't consider it a, a, a French dip because French dips are generally dry and then you have the, the yeah. dip to dip. And these things have been like bathing in that for, you said, eight to 12 hours and they're just slapping on a big ass bun. So there's no oh, dipping, it's just eating. Oh God, I'm starving. <laughs> That's all it took. What about you guys? What, what's the best shit you've had this week? Now, I'm talking about just this week. I mean, best thing I had this week, I mean, I, I really, I didn't eat a lot this week. Oh, you know what I did have? I, there's this place called, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Spanish slash Chinese place, Flor de Mayo. It's up on Amsterdam. Um, I was nursing a hangover on Sunday, and I had a half chicken with their special fried rice. And it's just like, you get the flavors of Asia and like a, this regular, like, you know, the, your traditional fried rice, you know, with like five spice, but then you get this like explosion of cilantro and like garlic, you know, from, from, from the uh, Peruvian chicken. It's just, it's Ooh. just a wonderful, it's like sex in your mouth. It really is. I think New York has the best food in, in America because it's such a variety mm-hmm. of everything. I mean, Chicago has what Chicago has and they do that good deep dish pizza in particular. Italian beef and deep dish pizza, I would say probably best around. Which I love. In New I love York, you have pizza. such a variety of everything in New York. You could eat something different every day for a year. Right. And you know what's funny thing is, is that I say that, and last night I actually had Katz's Deli. And I, that wasn't even on my fucking top right there. Jesus Christ, you're absolutely right on that shit. I'm not, I, I'm not a big, I mean, Katz's is Katz's. It's a little overboard. 
Oh my God. I remember when I brought this whole fucking smorgasbord. Yeah, that was Connecticut. I, uh, oh, that was Katzen's? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Katzen's. <laughs> This is this is Jason. I mean, I'm this, this guy. Does, any lover? It was the pickles. Though. Pickles. The pickles is where it's at. Uh, so I'll tell you what I had this week. And yeah, I, what'd you I, have, Greg? I went to this little Mexican place by my house. Which mm. I mean, it's a tiny little place. It's a you know, dining restaurant, but tiny. And the two chefs are, I mean. They're from some little village somewhere. They were telling me one day, but I could, couldn't possibly regurgitate it. And it's all like their grandmother's recipes, right? So it's See, not, I love that not shit. stuff. Like I couldn't go to another Mexican restaurant anywhere and be like, can you make me this? Because I don't even know what the hell it is. Yeah. But they do this smoked plate and it's just very simple, but it's pulled pork, uh, skirt steak, and basically like a cheese quesadilla in this red sauce that... They won't tell me what's in it, <laughs> but it's, is it it's, like a spicy, is it? it's not yeah. spicy. It's not. It's like sweet almost. So like, okay. and it's, t- it's tomato based, but it's not just like, it's not salsa. It's like a thick sauce. It is unbelievable. It's so, so it's kind of in between like, in a, like, a, like a, in between like a pizza sauce and a salsa. Yeah. Kind of. That? Yeah. Kind oh, of, but a little good. thicker, like there's no runniness to it. It's, it's almost like a mole, but. It's not. Oh, okay. no, Which no, brings no. me to like, I mean, like that, that sounds like a little bit of a, the birria tacos. That was like the Instagram fad. There's this run birria taco place in Venice that I really like a lot. And it's got that nice beef consomme that you dip kind of your, your taco into it as well. And they kind of use the fat. See, that's what I, the two things I miss the most about LA are real Mexican food, sure. street tacos and sushi. You can't get, yeah. you can't get good Mexican food out here and you can't get good. I mean, you can go into Chicago and get expensive sushi, sure. but there's places in LA where you can get not expensive sushi that's fucking phenomenal. Oh, it's everybody says that. What's Yo, that joint? The joint that's so right true. in um, Studio City. Everybody talks about oh, that place. No, so, uh, that, no, is in Hollywood. Katsuya is expensive, but Katsuya yeah. is the bomb. But yeah, <laughs> yeah there's no, that no, place they, in Studio City right in Ventura. Yep, that is fucking dude. You can get out of there for thirty bucks. And you've tried six different roles. Yeah, is, but is that the one? Is that the one that looks like you're walking into a, a weird massage parlor? It's like set yeah. back. Yeah, it's right next to a strip. Right in that look, corner of that strip mall. There's yeah. like a pet store right next to it or something. It's like right in a corner. And it looks like you're walking into a massage parlor. Oh no, this isn't the same place. But I, I so I used to stay at Sportsman's Lodge. That was like my. Bucket. Oh yeah, no, th- that's further west, but that's on yeah. the same street. Sure. They, so, used to do, uh, they used to have a fantastic stand-up show at Sportsman Lodge about yeah, no. 15 years ago. That was a yeah. dope-ass show. Everyone used to talk about that. They So they're, like that little section right there is like sushi row. Every sushi place mm-hmm. in there is insane. And there is a Katsuya yep. down the street that's a Katsuya-only roll place, yep. which yep. is ridiculous. But yep. that little section from like Lankersham to, not Lankersham, um, wherever you would turn left to go to um, University. Sepulveda. Not, not is that Sepulveda? No, it's not. Oh, it might be. Because Sepulveda it, goes all the way west. Yeah. It might be and that weird up. section where that turns. Yep. And all the way down to like right in you know little past Sherman Oaks, you could not find a better place to eat sushi in America. No yeah. chance. No. I gotta try it. I'm gonna we're, I'm out in, we're out in LA in October, so hopefully we can try and get out to these these different places. Yeah. Anyway. Dude, this was a good time. Dude, you guys awesome. are so fun. I had a blast. I haven't fucking so laughed fast. that hard in yeah, such I, a long time. I knew it. I was setting John up with that story. I could not wait to like, yeah, I <laughs> wait. I'm like, I can't wait to bring this up. And you led me right into it. It couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah, oh, come on. Bad. We can't give inside baseball here. It just was organic. Like, we got to just like, we guys don't even it celebrate was. that. It was stuff. organic. He brought up the bets thing and it led me right into it. It was perfect. Fucking perfect. Well, Jason, perfect. where can we find you on social, man? Uh, uh, at the Teed, T-H-E-T-E-E-B on Twitter. I usually post all my dates on Twitter. And uh, Jason Tebow on Instagram. My Instagram is actually probably where I'm funniest on social media. Um, and uh, check out my album, Covidiot. Yeah. Uh, Covidiot, anywhere you get your music or your comedy or whatever, iTunes, anywhere you can get, get it, uh, feel free to give it a listen. Let me know what you think. 
And uh, you guys, thanks, man. You guys are Thank great. I can't wait to hang awesome. out with you guys when I come out to New York. Yeah, can't yeah wait. we'll definitely get you on, on, on that stage over there, too, as well. We'd love, love to have you, man. man. <laughs> cannot wait, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember my pants and my belt. All right. <laughs> I do. See you later, guys. All right. You guys are the best, man. Take thanks. care, man.